turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, Those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us on AM. It's past 10 o'clock. Thanks so much for joining us on this uh, Monday edition, the seventh morning of the tenth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks again to Congressman Jim Jordan for joining us, talking about the impeachment inquiry and the um, uh, very, very opaque the opposite of transparent, the opaque uh, depositions uh, being held uh, by the Democrats as they try to remove a duly elected president from his office. Joining us now is another Ohio member of Congress, and we're going to talk about that briefly, but I brought him on for a different reason. And I'm talking, of course, about Anthony Gonzalez, Ohio's 16th Congressional District Representative. He is a freshman in this Congress, and he joins us now on AM 1420 The Answer. Good morning, Representative Gonzalez. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you back on the program. It's far too uh, infrequent, uh, quite frankly. We'd love to have you on more often. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, but uh, I always get a, I always enjoy a chance to talk to you. Uh, for those who don't know, Representative Gonzalez is a St. Ignatius graduate, an Ohio State graduate, where he starred uh, for the Buckeyes football program, played in the NFL for a number of years as well, and uh, that's the reason I wanted to bring you on, uh, uh, Congressman, because I read very briefly uh, last week that you were in the process of putting together a proposed bill in the Congress uh, having to do with the images and likeness and the um, uh, ability to profit off of these things from scholarship athletes uh, at uh, Ohio's major, or not Ohio's, but uh, nationally at uh, universities across this country. This in response to California's new law called the Fair Pay to Play Act, in which players can indeed profit and make money off of uh, endorsements, likenesses, images, and those sorts of things. So I wanted to give you a chance to kind of explain why you think this uh, merits a national, uh, you know, federal bill that you were thinking about proposing, and tell us what it is. Sure. So um, at a basic level, I think you have to ask yourself two questions. The first question is, 
uh, do you believe that an individual, whether scholarship or not, because I actually think this would apply to people who are on scholarship or not across all divisions, but mm-hmm. whether individuals should be able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness, whatever it is. Um, I'm a yes on that. I've been a yes on that for a long time. We could talk about that. I actually think the second question is equally important, and this is where California got it completely wrong, uh, mm-hmm. which is how do you go about doing that? Uh, it's my belief that you can do this in a way that protects the integrity of the system of the game, uh, protects the players from bad actors, uh, and make sure that you don't have just a full-on free-for-all, which is exactly what the California law would do. In addition, the California law is only in California. So now you're going to see individuals who are sophomores, juniors, maybe even seniors in high school, thinking about where to go play college sports, basing that decision off of the state legislature as opposed to which school is is best for them for a whole host of reasons, what program's the best, what academic experience, what's close to home, whatever it is. Throw all that out the window. People are going to be basing this off of a California law. I think that's the wrong outcome. So we need a national standard uh, that I think needs to have appropriate guardrails and regulation in place that says you can do this, but it has to be controlled and it has to be done in a way that's fair for everybody. That's ultimately what I'm driving towards. Okay, um, you, you've hit on a couple of things that I found uh, interesting and that I, that I wanted to kind of challenge you on. Um, when you ask whether or not uh, you said you said it's you know it's irrespective of whether you're on scholarship or not, I think that's very directly uh, related here. I think we do need to talk about scholarship athletes because scholarship athletes are receiving something that regular students don't receive, and that is a free education. And considering the fact that, obviously, you know, less than 2% of, of college scholarship athletes are going to go on to play professional sports, uh, they're going into the real world when they graduate from college, and uh, they're going to use that degree, at least one would hope they would, uh, that is uh, of enormous value. And in some cases, 100000 dollars to $160,000 over four years, depending on what school you go to. So it's extraordinarily valuable. And so the question then becomes, should these athletes, who are already receiving an extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily valuable piece of compensation, for their efforts on the football field, basketball court, or whatever, should they then also be essentially put up to the highest bidder or at least allowed to accept offers from the highest bidders? Because here's what I see happening, Congressman. I see you know, UCLA saying, well, we've got... Um, you know, 300 alums who own businesses within uh, a 60-minute uh, 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 radius of, of campus here, and guess what? They will all have you out to sign uh, to sign things, to sign merchandise, to profit off of your image, to take pictures with you, etc., uh, etc. Et this is about how much money you can make every year if you come here. Uh, and then USC is going to say, "Well, we can do this," and then Ohio State is going to say, "Well, we have this much. It's going to be a bidding war." And, and these 16, 17, 18 year olds you're talking about, these sophomores, juniors, and seniors in high schools are going to have to hire agents to weed out the offers. We are essentially surrendering amateurism and turning these kids into professionals at the college level. That's my concern. So, uh, again, I, I share that concern. I think what you just described is potentially what would happen with the California law. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, again, it has absolutely zero guardrails whatsoever. I actually don't think it would happen that way. Um, at all. But uh, but I think it, it, what you're suggesting could potentially happen. And again, that's because of the way that law is written, which basically says this is a free-for-all going forward. Uh, what I'm saying How is... How would your proposal look, read? Well, it, I, I'm, what I'm, from a process standpoint, waiting for Gene Smith, who's the athletic director at Ohio State, who's coming out with a proposal of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm waiting for that to come out before uh, I craft the details of the bill. I, I think he is more thoughtful, frankly, than you or I on this issue, or, or most people. Um, and I think he, he understands the, 
the different levers that uh, that you're trying to balance here. So I'm I'm going to craft that legislation uh, alongside of him uh, because if there's anybody who understands the dynamics, it's Gene Smith. But um, to take to take your point about already receiving something of value, absolutely. So my college scholarship, my experience at Ohio State, one of the most valuable experiences of my life. I wouldn't trade it for a thing. There is nothing in the world I would trade that for. But um, there's a question, which is okay. So that has a value. If there is additional value that somebody can can make outside of that, right, signing autographs or teaching a camp, I don't think people realize how restrictive these NCAA rules are. Um, but if you want to teach swim lessons, my wife was a college swimmer. If she wants to teach swim lessons, she can't do that. Um, I don't understand why that's wrong. I just don't see that as undermining the college experience in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and so, but, I, but I think I kind of explain that, at least in my opinion, because it opens up the floodgates. I will get you a phony camp job uh, and pay you, you know, five thousand dollars, or have so the, Bob, the, Bob, the university Bob, can't Bob. pay it, but the uh, but the um, uh, the outside uh, businesses or whomever can. So this is again why I said it has to have guardrails. What you're describing is a free for all, and what I'm saying is I'm not for that either. So neither of us are for that, right? Okay, so the question is... But I think it's inevitable. Well, I, I disagree with you. So, I mean, having Why? What are, the, the, what are the protections that would stop that if we allow if we allow the, the scholarship athlete to profit off of those types of things, swim lessons, camps, or like I said, autograph sessions, uh, whatever, uh, endorsements, uh, paid appearances here, there, or anywhere... How do we avoid that from becoming a free-for-all? I just I, 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 I need to know so what's the in the protections. The, the, the NCAA has been doing this for over 100 years, right? And they've, they have found a way to regulate different, uh, different appearances and different models into the system. Uh, and by the way, they're open to this. They actually have a committee that's exploring this right now. And so the president of the NCAA is steadfastly opposed to this. Mark Emmert has said he absolutely opposes this. Uh, I don't think you read that correctly. So they again, they have they have a committee. Gene Smith is leading it. He's the athletic director at Ohio State. He is putting a proposal forward. They know that they have to do something. As I said, the 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 horse has left the barn. The train has left the station. The California law exists. So the question isn't, you know, should we do this or not? The question is, how do you do this in a way that's not going to undermine the entire system? That's ultimately what the question is. Uh, because again, that law is law, and there's not. I mean. I don't know. Mark, Mark, Mark Emmert, I can't the NCAA, they would. Yeah, Mark, Mark Emmert, the NCAA president, I don't think I misread it at all. He said this is a new form, especially the California law, which is the only one that's law at the moment, and we really need to see the differences between what you're proposing and what that one is. But he said this is new professionalism, a new form of professionalism, and he suggested very directly that if, if young athletes want to go make money, actual cash, then you ought to be able to go to the, uh, like major, like my, like major league baseball. Go play for a minor league system somewhere and make all the money you want. But if you want to come to college, it's not going to be a professional endeavor. You're going to come to college for your education and your scholarship, and that's it. Uh, he said he really co- condemned the N- NBA and, and the NFL for not allowing uh, high school seniors to go into their organizations right out of school. Um, you know, with the NBA, it's a one-year mandatory, and with the uh, NFL, it's three years before you're, uh, since you're graduating class before you're eligible for the NFL draft. But he said if you want to make money, go do it at a professional level, but we should not professionalize college sports. So, again, I'll, I'll draw you back to the fact that there, there is a committee – that the NCAA has put together to explore this issue, they are putting a proposal forward at the end of the month. Um, so we are, and I think I probably agree with uh, Emmert on this, which is 
the California law is the wrong way to do it. Again, like where I think we're splitting hairs here. What the California law says, I agree, would be the Wild West. It would be bad for college sports. I am not in favor of that law at all. What I am in favor of is saying, okay, so we are moving in this direction because that law exists. It's on the books today. So whether there's a national law or not, that is the law going forward in California starting in 2023. Okay, so how do we do this in a way that's not going to undermine the entire system? Uh, And again, I think it goes back to just a basic question. Do you think that an individual should be able to profit off of their own name, image, and likeness, not the Ohio State brand, so not attached to the Ohio State brand but, but, or, or the UCLA brand or the USC brand, but just your own name, image, and likeness. And everybody everywhere in the country is allowed to do that. There is one exception, which is the college athlete. Whether that's a D1 athlete, a D2, one to like, whatever it is, those athletes are, are uh, prohibited from doing that. I don't understand why. And, and I don't believe it's right. I think if, if you're an individual mm. using your own name, image, and likeness, you should be able to do what you want with that. It's your name. It's not, I mean, the school didn't give you your name. You're right, yours. it is. But you, you, said irres- you, you said separate from the Ohio State University brand or the UCLA brand. That can't yes, be. Your if, you're, you're talking, if you're talking about a college athlete whose name is only known, nationally because of their tie to the ohio state university or the university of michigan um they 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 are linked they they cannot be broken it's inseparable they are linked and and it's and it's that it's that institution of course that again is providing them with the fame to to essentially cash in on their on their fame and on their image and likeness and so on and so forth and they are already being compensated for lending themselves to that university which is where i think our fundamental difference difference is yeah so not to go again down a a little bit of a rabbit hole but so there are two when you get to the nfl there's two types of endorsements you can sign right one allows you to attach yourself to the to the team that you play on right Mm -hmm. so like it's you know, I was with the Colts, so it'd be Anthony Gonzalez, Colts player, signs a Nike contract or whatever it is, right? right? That is attached to the NFL. There is another version of this which is not attached to the NFL, which is just Anthony Gonzalez. It's a generic person. You don't have the logo on. You're not wearing the clothes. You're not, you don't have. There's no tie whatsoever. Uh, it's just your name, uh, image, and likeness. Again, um, you don't make nearly as much money in those instances. Uh, but those are options that you can do. And, and what I think the direction the NCAA is going to go, and I don't, I don't know this. I'm waiting to see the, the Gene Smith proposal that says, look, if you want to do that uh, and make some money on the side, some spending money, uh, then that's appropriate. Now, if it's going full on, anything goes, you can sign for anything, attached to anything, any business, no regulation whatsoever, which is what the California law does then I think you're right. That's, a, that's not the direction we want to go. Uh, I think the, di- yeah, the appropriate well, direction is one that can, can manage all of those factors, which, again, Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, is doing this right now. He's going to put the proposal forward, um, and then we'll see what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, we will, and and I've read his comments as well. It sounds like he is doing this, by the way, under duress. Uh, and I don't think it's something he supports, but he realizes, <laughs> as you said, the, uh, that is, the floodgates Bob, are open. Bob, that is... 
that is so far from accurate. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm, 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 listen, listen. I read, I read, I read his time. comments, and I played his comments on a different show, and uh, and and he is not necessarily for the professionalizing of amateur athletes. Uh, but and he neither am something I. Has to be done. And neither am I. I would disagree based on I. your description here, but I really look forward, Congressman, into reading. You know, because we're talking in general terms here. I I can't wait to read all of the. Uh, you know, once all the eyes are dotted and t's are crossed in your actual. Uh, um, uh, congressional bill that you put together here. I really look forward to seeing that then, and then we can talk obviously a lot more absolutes rather than just uh, uh, you know generalizations. I think that would be important. Also, the next time we talk, I really would like to get your thoughts on what's going on on the Hill right now with respect to the um, uh, uh, attempted coup d'etat of our president, but obviously we're yeah. out of time now, so uh, I hope we can get you back on to talk about that ASAP. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, Bob. Thank, thank you, Congressman. Keep up the great work. Congressman Anthony Gonzalez on AM 1420, The Answer. We're way past our time. Let's get out and come back in on the Bob France Authority. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten thirty three now, pushing up on ten thirty four, which will count as twenty six minutes of outstanding awesome left for you on this on this edition of the Authority. Thanks for being a part of the program today. Thanks again to Jim Jordan, Congressman from the Fourth Ohio District, Congressman uh, Gonzalez from Ohio Sixteenth. Um, that's going to be really interesting, really interesting to see what he comes up with. Uh, I fundamentally could not disagree with him more on the whole issue, and uh, particularly this comment about uh, Gene Smith uh, not doing this under duress. Gene Smith has made it very clear he opposes what California is putting together, and he and others who are putting together a federal proposal, I think, are doing so under duress. Doing so because California forced their hands. They don't want to do this. They don't want to come up with some national payment scheme for the, uh, for the student athletes. They, uh, they're doing this because of what California did. I've got the quotes right in front of me, so I look forward to seeing what the congressman comes up with his, his, in his actual proposal, uh, to see, uh, uh, what that will look like. I find it very important, <clears throat> by the way, um, for a number of reasons. I mean, college is already complex enough, and I'll tell you something else. With the entire uh, country as part of the presidential campaign uh, issues, uh, talking about student loans and student loan debt, goodness gracious, you get a full scholarship to play football or basketball or baseball or anything else at a, at a, at a state university or anywhere else, even private universities, you get a full scholarship and you graduate without having to pay student loans back for the next 15 to 20 years of your life, you have gotten an enormous salary. Is what it comes down to. If you don't have to send in student loan payments every month, it's like getting a student loan payment to you. It's money you get to keep. So uh, I, I think that's a real, real issue here that, uh, that we're going to have to discuss moving forward. All right, I want to go uh, hyper-local on you now. <clears throat> There's a mayoral race coming up in the city of Lorraine. For those in Lorraine County, you know all about Lorraine. For those not in Lorraine County, which is the vast majority of our listeners right now, that's probably you. Uh, Lorraine is devotedly blue, uh, far left blue, in my opinion, far left and borderline. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll hold off, I guess, in saying anything disparaging about the Democratic Party of Lorraine, but I think it is led by some very, very, very unscrupulous people. But they have a stranglehold on that city. The Democrats have been running that city, and in my opinion, running it extraordinarily poorly for decades. 
Its schools are a mess. Its infrastructure is terrible. Uh, it is a very, very, very uh, depressed economically place to live. And Democrats have had control over it forever. There is a woman now who is trying to step up and change all of that. She is a candidate, a Republican candidate, for mayor of Lorraine. Her name is Jessie Tower. She is an African-American Republican, which shouldn't matter, but does in today's uh, in today's politics. Uh, the fact that she's an African-American and a Republican might raise some eyebrows, and she is trying to challenge the system of Democratic rule and leadership in the city of Lorraine, and she deserves our time and attention for that effort alone. Jessie Tower joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Jessie, thank you so much for coming on the program with us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Bob, and good morning to you. And good to the morning. Listeners. How's yeah. the campaign life? It's, it's actually, it's great. It's, real, it's fun. We're out on the campaign trail um, doing a lot of great things, um, listening to the voters, and they're ready for change, and we're ready to bring the change to them. Well, I'll tell you what, it's desperately needed in that city, and, and I Absolutely. really hope I wasn't over the top in my introduction to people in maybe other parts of Northeast Ohio who don't know much about Lorraine. I I do. I feel like the Democrat Party, which has had a stranglehold over that uh, city for so very long, has, has done nothing for it. Uh, economically, it continues to be depressed. Its schools are 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 a, are a train wreck. I think there's no leadership in City Hall. Um, it, what's your impression uh, of Lorraine? Why do you want to lead this city? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's such it's it's a really loaded question there. But but give me your impressions about Lorraine yeah. and why you decided to run for mayor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it, you're right. You're you're right on track. And um, but I was raised in Lorraine, and mm-hmm. I, I remember the great times of Lorraine. Um, many, many years ago. And so um, I have uh, the education and experience, and I have 30 years' experience in state government that has really prepared me for um, to be the, the mayor of Lorraine. Uh, I have that education. I have a master's of business administration from Baldwin-Wallace. I have a law degree from Capitol. I'm also a certified public accountant, and I have 30 years' experience in state government. Now, when I was working for the state, uh, I served in several leadership positions, such as chief auditor, section chief, bureau chief, assistant deputy director with the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services. I served under six governors, two Democrats and four Republicans. And when I served as section chief, I had leadership and management responsibilities for the Medicaid, nursing home audits, and reimbursement program, which at that time was a $2.1 billion program. Mm-hmm. So that leadership that I've gained at the state level I want to bring that back down to the local level so that we can turn around Lorraine. Uh, we need to make Lorraine great again, and that's what I'm prepared to do. We're talking to Jesse Tower. She's a candidate for uh, the uh, Lorraine mayor's uh, office. Uh, the, the last mayor, Chase Rittenauer, resigned abruptly in the middle of his term. Um, that has led to kind of a bit of a free-for-all, or at least it did, to be appointed interim mayor. And now you're going to be running primarily against Jack Bradley, who is a well-known Lorraine County attorney uh, in this race. Um, how do you distinguish yourself between uh, you know your qual- – and by the way, wonderful list of qualifications you just outlined. What a wonderful, experienced career you have had, obviously, educationally as well as professionally. How do you differentiate yourself between uh, you, you know yourself and uh, Jack Bradley? Okay, and the way I differentiate myself is because um, he's a lawyer and I'm a lawyer also. Uh, my practice is mostly um, nonprofit organization, churches, and, and probate. Mm-hmm. Um, but primarily, with my experience at 
at uh, I have 30 years experience in state government. I can hit the ground running in running the local government. I don't need any training or anything of that nature. I'm a certified public accountant. There are several issues that the citizens, as I went around the city talking to them, are concerned about, and I know how to um, address those issues. And so with my professional experience working with the state at the state level for 30 years and then also being a certified public accountant, also auditing, then I am well prepared to go into the city uh, hall and do the people's business and take care of what they need to have done. Um, Tell me about being a Republican and potentially working with an all-Democratic city council that is going to resent your very existence in somewhat uh, maybe a, a, a microcosm a way of uh, the way the Democrats in the uh, in the uh, uh, House of Representatives in Washington despise the Republican president. I mean, we're in a really hyper-partisan time now. Do you think you will be given an opportunity to accomplish anything by that council? You know what? I think that um, what, when we focus on the issues, the council is going to have to focus on the issues. And what the council has, has to understand, which I also know and understand, is that the people are the owners of the city. And the people have things that they uh, need to have accomplished and they want changes made too. And so if we all focus, stay focused on the issues, and that's what I'm going to do, is stay focused on the issues of the people and work to bring about those changes. One of the things, for example, they, that they uh, express great concern about in the city of Lorraine is the water bill. The price of water is, is really high. And so we need to get in there and figure out what's going on with the water. You hear that all over. You can see it in social media and even as you talk to people just going door to door. That's the issue. They're concerned about the point of sale. They're concerned about economic developments and jobs. Those are issues that are the kitchen table issues that these people are concerned about. It doesn't matter if they're Republican, Democrat, Green Party, Libertarians, or Independents. They're all concerned about those issues. So the council is going to have to listen to the people. I am listening to the people, and we're going to have to work together to listen to the people. And if the council doesn't want to listen to the people, the people will, in two years, they will vote again. And they'll be voting for the council people, and they're going to have to put people in there who will listen to them. I, Jesse Tower, am going in listening to them because I put together a platform that is based on their issues. And then the city council, they will, um, you know, have to work with the people and take care of their issues. And so we'll have to work together to make that happen. I've done it at the state level. There's been times when, um, you know, there may be competing interests. But I was able to bring people together and accomplish the goals of the state. Now I'm here to bring people together to accomplish the goals of the city. Jesse, uh, Jesse Tower is our guest. She is a Republican candidate for mayor in the very blue Democrat city of Lorraine. You mentioned economic development and jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, meant, I mentioned before that Lorraine has been economically depressed uh, for, for a long time. Uh, there is a higher rate of unemployment, I believe, and public assistance necessary in Lorraine than there are in a lot of other Northeast Ohio cities. This is the 10th largest city in the, in the state. Uh, it, it, it ought to be 
a booming economic city, and it's not. How do you make it so? How do you bring businesses in to the city of Lorraine and convince uh, business owners elsewhere that this is the place where you're going to find a great workforce, you're going to find a great climate to grow and prosper? Okay. And we're going to do that uh, by doing a better job of marketing our city and doing what it takes to attract new businesses to our city and maintain the existing businesses in our city. You know, people often reminisce about the good old days of U.S. Steel, Ford, and the shipyard, but it's time to make Lorraine great again. And so to that end, I've made a serious investment in the city of Lorraine, and we're going to be revealing that um, actually tomorrow in a public forum on tomorrow, Tuesday, October the 8th at 5 o'clock at the Spectrum Training Center, uh, 124 4th Street, Lorraine, Ohio, during a business roundtable meeting. We're going to have business own, uh, business leaders come together. I'm going to reveal this economic development tool, which uh, it's, it's great. you got to come see it, which uh, will provide information and will also help move us forward in marketing our city and bringing new businesses here. So we invite all the business leaders uh, to get their first glimpse of this economic development tool that would shape the future of our city. Um, I want to ask you about race and its role in this. The Internet is filled with social media examples of African-American Republicans being harassed for being Republicans. Um, we know that, that some you know 90% of the African-American vote in most presidential election cycles go to the Democrats. Uh, we know there is also a walkaway campaign that has been started by a lot of people, also a Blexit campaign by uh, conservative commentators like Candace Owens encouraging African-Americans to embrace the Republican Party because they can do more for african Americans and other minorities in this country than the Democrat Party has. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you faced any of that, Jesse? Uh, you know, being an African American female Republican. Well, here in Lorraine, um, as I talk to people, um, and you're correct with the you know the ninety percent of certainly you know you're gonna you find that in Lorraine, what people are concerned about are the the bread and butter issues. Yes, they're concerned about that. Um, oh well, you know what's your what's your political party affiliation. And I explained to them, this is the general election. What we're looking for is we need the best qualified person to do the job. You've told me that you're concerned about your water bill. You told me that you're concerned about the streets and the potholes in the streets. You have to look at who is going to get the water bill under control, who is going to fix the pothole in the street, who knows how to do that. I have experience, uh, education to, to get that done. And so these are the issues you're concerned about. And you need to find the person to get the best person to do that job. And I'm the best person to get that done. So that's what we focus on is what their concerns are and who is the best qualified to do that. I would would be remiss if I didn't ask about your slogan as you continue to say, make Lorraine great again. You're borrowing Mm -hmm. from make America great again. Are you a President Trump supporter? I am. Tell me more, because uh, again, you know, this is the in this crazy in this crazy partisan right. country in which we're living right now. Right. Uh, if you are an African American Trump supporter, you also face a certain kind of scrutiny. How do you um, how do you explain that to anybody who might be considering voting for you, but maybe isn't necessarily a fan of the president? Right, and you have to look at again. We have to. Some people are concerned with his rhetoric, mm-hmm. but you have to also look at the bottom line: the the number of jobs that are increasing. And those uh, bread and butter issues that really affect us, okay, uh, and us being the the citizens 
of Lorraine, the citizens of Lorraine. So we're all concerned about jobs. We want jobs. We want to bring jobs here. And um, and that's what he's looked at is with jobs and, and making jobs available for Americans. And so what I look at as far as with my slogan is I'm telling the people to reclaim their power and vote for Jesse Tower because what they have done I love that. is relinquish their power to the good old boys. And it's time for them to take their power back. And they can take their power back, and they can make progress, but they first have to take their power back. So I'm telling them, reclaim your power and vote for Jesse Tower. I love that. I really do. Have you, um, have you heard any, uh, well, let me rephrase. What kind of reception are you getting since you launched your campaign? Are you hearing anything from the Democrats backing Jack Bradley? Are they, uh, is there any negative campaigning going on or what do you get? What are you hearing in terms of your reception? Um, there's, I, I wouldn't say that there, there is no, at this point, there's no negative campaigning going on. I've not seen that. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the election, so we'll see what happens. Will there be a um, debate? There will be um, on October the sixteenth. Um, the there will be a it's a chip debate. It's going to be at the Lorraine High School mm-hmm. at uh, seven o'clock. So um, I will be there, and uh, the other candidates have been invited as well. Okay, uh, and and that's that's great. And now I, you ran down your experience in the first uh, response that you gave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't hear. I know you worked with politicians. You worked in Columbus, but I didn't hear. This is your very first campaign for office, right? Um, actually, no. I've, I've no. campaigned for office before. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was going to ask you what made you want to do this one again, and give me you know be, just simply because, like I said, the depth of uh you know the challenges that Lorraine faces i mean it's it anybody who wants to do this has my bl- even jack bradley mm-hmm. anybody else who wants to try to help that city has my blessing and my support and my uh you know my uh you know i, I think you're very courageous for doing that because the problems are so deep but also again how what makes you decide to want to take on this challenge again in such a uh you know heavily blue district or not district but city rather Given right. the fact, given the fact that it's just you know Republicans don't run Lorraine, they just never mm-hmm. have. What made you say I'm willing to don't sacrifice months and months and months of twenty four seven labor mm-hmm. campaigning for a job that's going to be so difficult to win? I mean, wh- where do you get that strength and where do you get that that courage? Right, because it's about the future. It's about our children, our grandchildren, and great grandchildren. We need to build a a better future for our children. I see great things happening for Lorraine, our better days are ahead of us, but we need the right leadership. We need leadership that you can trust. I have experience, uh, I'm proven leadership that you can trust. Mm-hmm. I've done that at the state level for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So we need someone to step up to say, enough is enough. We have good leaders here in Lorraine, and we need leadership that we can trust. Someone can help build the future for our children our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. We need a better Lorraine. And so rather than complaining about it, I decided to step up to utilize my skills and experience and abilities to help move the city forward. Most people don't have the guts to do that. I salute that. Um, Now, I've read most of your 10-point platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where where can other people read it? Uh, They can go to my website, jessietower.com, J-E-S-S-I-E, T like Tomo, W E R dot com. 
And that's where you can read the uh, ten point plan and your vision for Lorraine. And uh, yes. uh, listen, uh, is there a donate button on there as well? Because campaigns cost money, and I know uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Uh, where can people help you out? Oh, absolutely. Yes, there is a campaign um, button on there that they can um, uh, donate. Okay, and they can also um, mail a check or money order to Friends of Jesse Tower, fourteen twelve East Twenty Ninth Street, Lorraine, Ohio. Four four zero five five, and I assume that um, that that address would also be on the website. Yes. Okay, good. So people people can't write that down very fast, <laughs> but they can go to Jesse Tower, as she spelled it out, J E S S I E Tower uh, dot com for Mayor of Lorraine. Uh, listen, I wish you the very best. I really love your 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 entire attitude toward this. I love your experience. I love your dedication and your willingness to tackle such an incredibly hard job in Lorraine. And I wish you the very best. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you, and have a great day. You got it. It's a pleasure. That's Jesse Tower, candidate for Lorraine Mayor. Uh, she is a rep- Republican, and um, she is courageous. She really is. And better yet, she's uber qualified. I mean, you look at this resume and listen to what she just described to me. I mean, seriously, this is exactly the kind of leadership that a city like Lorraine, which has been stagnant for so long, truly, truly needs. I wish her the very best. 1053, last segment coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. I told you we had a show that was going to be kind of all over the place today. Obviously, the lead story remains the left's attempt to impeach the President of the United States to undo the will of the American people in the most traitorous way possible. Treasonous way, I guess is a better way to say that. The most treasonous way possible. Seriously, it is a coup d'etat. They are attempting to undermine the President without letting the American people see what is going on. And at the same time that they are trying to bury the President, they continue to ignore Joe and Hunter Biden. Joe Biden and his cocaine-addled son uh, have been scamming the Ukraine or been benefiting and being enriched by Ukraine through their scams, through money laundering uh, at the center of the Burisma Holdings Company and its uh, relationship with the former leadership of the Ukrainian government. Anybody who brings any of that up, they're instantly... um, uh, disqualified. They are, they're, 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 uh, discredited. I guess is a better way to say that too as we wrap this up. They're discredited. No one is allowed to talk about Joe and Hunter Biden. That is off, off limits according to the mainstream media. We are not the mainstream media. It will be certainly in play here and we will continue to share the story of Joe and Hunter Biden's Ukraine corruption until everyone realizes he cannot be the president of the United States should not be the Democratic nominee for that. So we're going to continue to talk about that tomorrow. Again, that's the lead story today, along with the president's decision, which is one that I, quite frankly, disagree with. As much as I support our president uh, on uh, northern Syria and allowing Turkey to invade, it is a very dangerous precedent that we are setting, and I hope the president reconsiders this. So that is the other story that we will continue to talk about on tomorrow's program. But great stuff today from Congressman Jim Jordan, Congressman Anthony Anthony Gonzalez, and Lorraine mayoral candidate Jesse Tower. I really appreciated the contributions of all three to the program today. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of it. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher is coming up next on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll see you Tuesday. Enjoy the silence.